Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to The VK Bros, also known as the podcast formerly known as the Audio Podcast, episode 100. We're just going to keep going with episode 100, aren't we? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. 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 So this is the new branding we're talking about, because as we had previously discussed, uh, the Audio Podcast was about uh, essentially the motor trade. It was about two guys who had just recently left the motor trade. And to go on completely different life directions. So yeah. we had done, I had done a decade in the motor trade. You were gone on 17 years mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, you left the motor trade to start your own business because we are powered by auto bros, used vehicle wholesale. And I went off to start a family. And I've had two kids during yeah. that period of time. So uh, yeah, we decided to rebrand because at the end of the day, uh, what this podcast has evolved into is this is us. Yeah. This is you and me. Uh, about as genuine as we can get. Yep. Uh, we talk about a whole range of, of topics. Uh, nothing's off the table as far as we're concerned. We want to be as honest as we possibly can. We make mistakes. We will tell you guys some things that you never even knew about that maybe you can go and uh, do your own research on. And uh, yeah, this I think is you and me uh, broadcasting from the moon is a pretty accurate <laughs> depiction of, of what this has turned into. And thanks thanks to Georgie from Sweet House Studios for the uh, design because yep. we love it. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, it was the, we made some minor changes to her her original design, but like when I saw it and I just gave her no brief, like no brief. I think she'd watch some of the uh, podcasts and then just, and that's what she came up with. Yep. A couple of space cadets. (laughs) I think it's so cool. Um, I I do know that in your original brief that you gave her though, because she's your friend. Yeah. That the original photo of me, you chose a fat one. And I looked like a potato. <laughs> Her words were, he doesn't look fat in this one. No, no, she said he looks just as fat in this one. <laughs> but the problem was something that she didn't notice. That on the original one, there was a different photo of Jason. Yeah. And the ear, this is for YouTube viewers, the ear, somehow the colour bled all the way down. So it looked like he had elephantitis of the uh, of the ear. Yeah, which I don't. I've it looked like an African tribesman. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we we uh, we love it. We yeah, love it. We're really happy with it. So and look, we we said in the the previous episode, it the RDO part was very very car industry specific, yeah. and and we realised that we've somewhat evolved from that now, mm. and we've definitely changed. So we thought a rebrand at episode one hundred was poetic. Yeah, and the ironic thing is that uh, RDOs are obviously, like you said last week, a very important part of the motor trade. And since we've moved on to do different things, we don't get any days off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you run your own business and yeah. I've always got, I'm either at work and I've got the kids. So we had to remove the RDO part because we don't get them. <laughs> That's true. That's All true. Right. There's a lot of things that we want to speak about today. Uh, a lot of bits and bobs happening around the world, which people should be paying attention to. Did you have anything particular that you wanted to kick off with, Alex? Oh, I should probably ask you, how's your week, dude? Uh, it was a bit of a blur because... I think in a financial year, which is not, not that hard. You just got to tie up all your loose ends before you um, before you finish that. That's pretty mm-hmm. easy. Pretty quiet on the on the customer front. I've got a shed full of cars. I had a celebratory cigar with the guys um, on, what was the 30th? Thursday? Thursday, yep. And a bit of a funny story because I went and bought a new uh, jet lighter. Um, and as you can tell, when you unclick it, it doesn't stop straight away. And I had lit my cigar and then put it to my face and then basically singed hairs on my beard. Yeah, so for those of you not watching on YouTube, he's So you can hear the click. You can hear the click. So click on, click off. And then obviously had the cigar in the same hand as the jet lighter and put it up to your face. Yeah. (laughs) Smoking novices right here. Uh, I don't have many cigars, so no, um, we don't smoke I, durries or anything like that. But we do enjoy the occasional celebratory cigar. I I will have a cigar to commemorate special uh, occasions, or if I'm on a boat. Mm. Actually, that reminds me, we need to smoke cigars to celebrate the birth of my second son because mm. we didn't do that this yeah, time yeah, around. So yeah, yeah. That's something worth doing. Uh, anything else to report from this week? Nah, not really. Nah, cool. Nah, uh, my nah. week's been pretty standard. Bit of work bit of kid stuff uh it's funny i was talking to amanda last night uh so nate's nate's at a really good age now where his language is just exploding like you've you've heard him when you like facetime him and stuff he's speaking so much it's actually really scary because it's funny the things that they parrot back to you straight away it's always the stuff that you wouldn't expect everyone just expects it's always going to be the swear words and stuff like that it's not always yeah 
it can be the dumbest phrases, but out of an entire sentence that you've just said, he'll pick the one thing that just doesn't make any sense to anyone. Can you give and an example? I actually really can't. There's been, there's been so many of them this week. Uh, but anyway, Amanda was talking to her sister once because Nate's at an age now too where I think I've explained before, there's a bit of like rejection games going on between the parents. Yeah. And he's super jealous of Jake because Jake's always with Amanda and bedtimes are a little bit gnarly at the moment because Amanda will be trying to take Jake away to do a nighttime feed, get him ready for bed, put him down at sort of six o'clock. And we're currently trying to remove Nate's midday nap. So he's about the age now where they start to drop the midday nap. Yeah. Which means- Until it circles back around. And then you start taking- Yeah, when you're 36 years old, yeah. you can start taking them again when two you're on your own business. Two o'clock. So, I've got to stop saying that. Yeah. Around 6 p.m. at night is witching out now because he hasn't had his midday nap. Therefore, he's a little bit overtired at that point. And then you mix overtiredness with jealousy of his brother getting his mum's attention mm. and it can cause some fireworks. So <laughs> we're talking to, oh, we had uh, Amanda's sister over at one point and <clears throat> she, uh, Amanda, she plays this game every night as if there's going to be a different result where she says to Nate, hey, Nate, who do you want to come and read books with you? Mummy or daddy? Thinking he's going to pick me. Right. <laughs> he never picks me. <laughs> Mummy. Well, you also need to say it in a... Like, that's not selling. Yeah, I know, but, like, don't, don't educate her because it works for me. Because I love my kids. Like, anyone who follows me on social media knows how much I love my kids. Who would you like to come read books with you? Mummy or daddy? Yeah, <laughs> mummy or daddy. Um, well, yeah, you could do that, those sorts of things. Yeah, it might of course. Pick, might pick up on that. Kids are relatively easy to manipulate, but... <laughs> I, I love my kids and I love I'll spending time telling. with them. <laughs> we can get to that too. But one thing I also really enjoy is time in front of the TV with no kids. Oh, for sure. That's the best. You don't get much of it, so it's great. I get heaps of it. Yeah, I know you And will. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. It's glorious. Yeah, it's the simple things in life yeah. that, that you do uh, take for granted sometimes. And then do you know what? When like everything's really boring and you just go, do you know what? I'm really warm and cozy here and uninterrupted. I'm just going to fall asleep. I'm just going to have a nap. <laughs> so anyway, Amanda does this thing every single night thinking that Nate's going to make a different choice. And then all of a sudden, Amanda has to go and put Jake to sleep and put Nate to sleep. So I'm getting like an hour and a half to two hours all by myself on the couch. Yeah, that won't last. No. It, the pendulum has to swing the other way. It absolutely will. And yeah. it, it sort of went the other way while Amanda was pregnant and Nate was perfectly happy for me to put him to sleep. I think I said it before, it was like for four or five months towards the, like from four or five months from the end of her pregnancy, it was pretty much me every night. Yeah. So it definitely swung my direction, but it's because, you know, there's two kids that both want her, it swung hard the other way. Jake's actually way better sleeper than Nate too. So he's yeah. really easy to put to bed. So I can actually put him down, but unless it just, if he needs a big feed before bed, not equipped. Yeah. But yeah, so that's been interesting this week. But apart from the family stuff, there's been a few interesting things happening around the traps. Right. And we got to get straight into some of the more red pill side of the, thing, of the argument. Let's because it is, it is episode 100 and the first episode of the VK Bros. You'll notice that we've dropped podcasts, we've dropped show, because the VK Bros is going to evolve over time and it's going to become whatever it becomes. Yeah. So if you want to think about the show, just think about let's go and watch the VK Bros. Let's listen to the VK Bros. Because there aren't many VK bros around, yeah. so that'll give you a bit of a guide. But I caught a news story during the week, which was a perfect example, in my opinion, of how governmental corruption uses corruption to cover up more corruption. Oh, I know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have yeah. a guess. Uh, is it the... Uh, is it the... Someone... The Labor government's doing a review on... Uh, the uh, the vaccine rollout. Yes, and in, and they've headed up the team with the person that was working for that organization, or not organization, but that department. It gets worse, bro. So what what Alex is speaking to about? He's exactly right. He's picked it, picked it, and won. The federal labor government has announced that they are going to be doing an inquiry into the COVID vaccination rollout mm -hmm. and the entire program that the former government took care of. Mm. 
at face value, that looks like a really good thing to do. Yeah. Because one of the things that Albanese said in the lead up was he was railing at ScoMo with all of his secrecy and lack of transparency. And there was also the criticism you remember about how supply yeah supply didn't secure vaccine supply early and, enough and kevin rudd had taken so former uh, prime minister kevin rudd had taken uh he's he thinks he secured yeah well you never know maybe he's got connections yeah. in big pharma to get those deals yeah, done. Yeah, yeah who knows but anyway so the review sounds he does really speak good. fluent chinese <laughs> <laughs> yeah just saying just a, yeah yeah just a little little tip in there the review looks like a good thing to do but the big thing that the glaring thing that stood out to me was the person they've chosen to head up the review is a lady named Jane Holton. I think she's a professor, Professor Jane Holton. And why why that is glaring is because she was let me let me give you a bit of Jane Holton's uh, job history, but it's not even job history; it's also relationships and connections. Okay, so. One of the things about government that is, is coming out more and more and more and more and more throughout this entire thing is how inbred the whole thing is. It's yep. like the royal family. Yep. They're all married. They're all siblings. They're all... So one of the big things out of the, the previous federal government was obviously there was Scott Morrison. His brother was the head of APRA. And everyone was talking about how APRA, the Australian Health Regulation, blah, 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 whatever it's called, they're the ones who regulate doctors. So everyone knew about how APRA was putting the pressure on doctors mm. not to speak against vaccination. And then lo and behold, it's headed up by ScoMo's brother. So like there was that inbreeding sure. on it. But Jane Holton is particularly interesting because she, so she's been, just to clarify, she has been selected to head up the inquiry into Australia's COVID vaccine rollout and response. Jane Holton was also on the where is it i'll have it here i just want to get the name right okay she was put in the on the so this is from the 25th of march 2020 the announcement of the national covid 19 coordination commission the ncc is what they called it so the NCCC executive board comprises of leaders across the private and not-for-profit sectors. And it's got a, a bunch of people, Mr. David Thody, who's the deputy chair, Greg Combert, and Ms. Jane Holton. So in other words, she's literally the person who was involved in the, in the whole rollout in the first place has now been tasked with independently checking her own work. Yeah, that's wild. But even... It gets more wild than that. Just to put a little bit of a a bracket on that mm -hmm. even the media knows that that's bullshit have you seen anything of, of anyone questioning it in the yeah media? they're okay. saying they're, uh, uh, the the quote i think i saw was a a committee with no teeth and no incentive to uh no incentive to find anything wrong well yeah that's that is interesting because one of the quotes that I saw in an article about her appointment was her literally saying, I want to look to the future. <laughs> like, you know, in, in her opinion, her brief, it appears to be, is to see what went wrong with our vaccine rollout and how can we get more vaccines out faster next time. That's what I, that's, that's the that brief. was the vibe that I got. Yeah. Yeah. Now it gets worse because not only was she on the committee that handled the rollout in the first place. She was also a uh, invited guest to Event 201 back in 2019. Right. So anyone who doesn't know what Event 201 is, it was a a uh, an exercise organised by the World Health Organisation. A simulation. A simulation of a pandemic. And it literally happened in 2019. I think it was October 2019. Yeah. So she was there. Yeah. And that was also like primarily funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation too. That whole, was. whole event. She a global young leader? She is. No way. Really? Yeah. Uh, World Economic Forum young <laughs> global leader. Okay. Oh, it gets better. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do you know who her husband is? Fauci? <laughs> <laughs> no. And what I always find interesting with these things too, it might, might, might not be husband. I think it is. I think they're married, but... Well, her could name is Yeah, okay. So maybe they're not married. Yeah. Or they were married. Perhaps. 
but they're still together now. So her partner is a gentleman named Trevor Sutton. Trevor Sutton. Brett Sutton. Brett Sutton's brother. Oh, no. Right? So let me me outline these characters. Brett Sutton, as most of you will know, is the... Is he the current health minister? Current, yeah. So, yeah, he won't... Sorry, no, not health minister. Chief health officer. Yeah. The health minister was Martin Foley, who just resigned. Yeah. So, Brett Sutton was the Victorian chief health officer who gave out all of the pandemic... Uh, declarations and rules for Victoria during the pandemic. Yep. The most locked down city in the world. Yep. Trevor Sutton, his brother and Jane's partner, is the Deputy Australian Statistician leading the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Oh, what? What? So this is what I'm talking about, how inbred the whole thing is. This is Like all the key holders. All All the... Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the all, gatekeepers. They're all the gatekeepers. The every single point in this pandemic fuckery, every single post is held by someone who is either married to, sibling to, of the whole establishment. And it's so, what's so weird is that it's not just government agencies, but it's it's other organisations that, although are independent, are intrinsically tied to government. Mm-hmm. It gets better. Fauci was at the wedding. I'm sure he was. Yeah. Double masked. Yeah. As far as Brett Sutton goes, Brett Sutton is actually an employee of the Burnett Institute in mm-hmm. Melbourne. So you'd remember hearing the name Burnett because a lot of the modelling yeah, came yeah, from yeah. the Burnett Institute. Yeah. How do we make... Th- I, could, I would love to be in those modelling meetings. How do we make that graph way, way higher? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do we make that spike really, really hard? Oh, we can just punch in... Whatever number you want. Oh, okay, cool. Let's yeah, do that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. He's actually been on loan to the Victorian government to fill in as chief health officer. And interestingly enough, the Burnett Institute, who is their primary, primary funder? Pfizer. Nope. Uh, uh, Moderna. Nope. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Right. So the, when, when everyone talks about like draining the swamp, this is the swamp. This is what they're referring to. So we are literally in a position now where Jane Holton is who, and she's, she's one of those people who she's a very successful woman mm. because she's been part of that revolving door of senior bureaucratic positions and then private sector jobs. Like she's held jobs like, I think she was the executive chair of the ANZ Bank right. in 2016. Yeah, fat, proper fat cat stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And and super well connected. Because that's the other thing that people sort of don't even, don't give enough credit for. All these people who hold all these high ranking jobs everywhere. Like I'm pretty sure that she was actually on the uh, World Health Organization board at one point as well. If I can pull that up. Isn't it awesome though? That Fact check me on that one. Maybe, maybe not. Isn't it awesome that you go, yeah, that, that best way out of a bind is just get the bros and sisters in. Yep. Hey, hook a, hook a brother up. Yep, because they will all watch you back and they will That's all go crazy. along with it. And and whenever, I mean, we t- pull the pandemic out of it because it's obviously a very emotionally charged topic with people. Everyone has heard stories in the past about how a brother has done something dastardly and it's been covered up by the sibling. Mm. I mean, hey, there's the uh, Paul Paul Dawson case going through yeah, the, yeah. the court system. Chris, yeah. Chris and Paul Dawson, who are twins, who, uh, funny, funny story about that, Chris Dawson, the brother, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, there's a podcast called The Teacher's Pet Podcast, which was out a few years ago which is about these two twin brothers who one of them was married to a lady called Lynette Dawson, who has gone missing, presumed murdered. This is what, 30 years ago or whatever. And it's super dodgy because essentially they're both school teachers. They were rugby league players, very well liked. And by all accounts, they all used to date school girls. Yeah, yeah, just grooming school girls. Yeah, and it appears that the the allegation put to Paul Dawson, isn't it? No, Chris is the... Chris is the perpetrator. Okay, so I don't want to get it wrong. So the the Dawson brother, who has it's been alleged that he murdered his wife to shack up with sixteen year old yeah. uh, Joanne Curtis. 
yeah, 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 you, you got the name. I never would have... Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is a perfect example of it appears that something nefarious has happened. And what, what gets me about this case is that what is completely established is that a teacher was banging a 16-year-old girl that was in his care. Why isn't he in prison for that? Yeah, I know. It's just glossed over. Yeah, so at the... I wonder, I, I wonder if that was not against the law then. I wa- Surely not. Dude, I only just learned as a 36-year-old that we had a white, like a white-only immigration policy. A white policy. policy. Yeah, that went to the 60s. Yeah. Like, it, that's not that crazy to think. Look, I guess it's not that crazy when you look at what, what else we're talking about right now, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but again, just, that was a bit of an aside, but just to show that, like, family members will cover for family members when they do the most disgusting things. But even forgetting the family, were you going to tie in the Barillaro, John Barillaro stuff? I wasn't, but feel free. Because this this is another example. John Barillaro, it, it's just come out. So he, he stood he stood down from Deputy Premier, yeah. Premier of New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And John Barillaro, also known as Bruz by Friendly Geordie's fame, also known as Pork Barillaro. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he stepped down. Mm. Uh, they think because of Friendly Geordies. He said it was for family stuff. Mm-hmm. And then picked up this sweet ministerial posting in New York City, baby. Mm-hmm. It just got kiboshed only yesterday, I right. think it was. Okay. Because an email was found out. They basically planned this all along. He made the role. Back in the day, he created the role. <laughs> there was someone, there's this lady, and I don't know her name, but she was wildly qualified to do the job yeah like the perfect candidate mm. she got sent an email saying oh yeah no no like we're not doing that now um because we're going to fill that ministerially and then the next that's an, on an email mm. the next day barilara steps down waits for the dust to settle and goes yeah i'll take that sweet job now wow, who cares about my family yeah, is yeah. it like two hundred thousand a year or something i heard 300 right and and you're, you're between you're between new york tokyo paris yeah like it's you're not you're not in Mozambique. No, <laughs> you're not posted in you know uh, uh, Iran. Yeah, you are posted in the sweet spots. And and this is the problem. So getting back to the point, there is this revolving door between government, like high ranking government positions, and the worst. You can't drain the swamp by adding more swamp. That's right. And the worst thing about someone like Jane Holton is she's not elected. She's a bureaucrat. Yeah. You can't like the people can't vote her out. She just goes from plum position to plum position to plum position and just spreads her little web of lies, subterfuge, and corruption through any any organization she well, goes. Especially through. when she's she her um her uh um what's the word I'm looking for? I'm drawing a complete blank because I didn't have a coffee this morning. Yep. Um the motivation for her mm. is purely self-protection. Why would she go and say that she's done a shit job before? Well, it's not that's not even just the motivation. She has been involved in multiple different projects where the primary funder is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, they in the vaccine business. Yeah. And they have this is pre-pandemic. Yeah. They've been in the polio vaccine game for a long, long yeah. time. Bill Gates, there was that infamous clip. 2016. Yeah, 2016. Of his... Twen- well, the, yeah, there's that talk about how... Uh, he, plotted, he planned it all. He was like concerned about world population getting good, too high, and the quote was like, if we do a really good job on vaccines, we can bring that down by 10 or 15%. Yeah. But he's been in the vaccine game for a long time. Vaccines are his bread and butter. He ain't Microsoft anymore. Where he makes his money is vaccine technology and sales. He literally has that other clip of him t- saying he got a 20x return on investment mm-hmm. for his vaccine investments. So when they're like... Oh, I donate like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We donated a hundred million dollars to for these vaccines. Yeah, and you got twenty times that back. Yeah, I don't think they call they don't even call it donate. They say pledge, or they they're actually very. But Amber heard it. Amber turned. Yeah, yeah. They pledged the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the there is a lot of oh, but it, we, what I was saying is though, there's no. There is no. It should be a completely independent body, and it mm. should have. It should be comprised of people that had nothing to do with the rollout. That's right. It makes no sense. Like if a if if a um, if an arbitrator should not be arbitrating their own actions. That's right. But the problem is they do this all the time because they know what the end result is, and 
the end result, again, is manipulating the Australian people. The Labor federal government is pretending that they are doing the things that they said that they would do mm. before getting elected and that they would be the most transparent government in the world. And they criticised ScoMo for how corrupt the Liberals were. And they were. I ain't defending them. But they're all corrupt. And that this is this is on brand for Labor because we are seeing the same things in Queensland at the moment. There's all these inquiries into corruption in the Queensland state government being headed by a guy who is a former high-paying Labor lobbyer. So and and party donor. Yeah. So it's the same play. They literally go, oh. You know, we're getting all this criticism about all these corrupt things. Don't worry, we are transparent. We will look into this, and it's being headed up by this completely independent person who believes in us so much that he's donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to us in the past. Just want to go back to what you said about the unelected bureaucrat. You need to remember all the lockdowns mm -hmm. were blamed on health advice mm -hmm. that came from unelected mm. officials. Yeah. That's, that's what our elected officials are blaming. And remember, health advice that we've still not seen. Yeah. The, yeah, this is what it's we spoke about July last week. It's July 2022. Yeah. This health advice that was telling everyone to be locked down and, and mandatory vaccinations and all of the shit, the masking, all of it, we've still not seen any of it. The only thing that we have seen, the least that I can remember, is... There was two examples. There was the one example in New South Wales where, what's the New South Wales chief health officer's name? That chick? I can't even remember now. Anyway, there was the series of emails between her and high-ranking government officials. I'm pretty sure that Gladys was involved in it. It's part of the reason why she resigned, where she suggested a full-scale lockdown. Remember in New South Wales, and everyone forgets this stuff, they only locked down the poor places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the eastern suburbs were all free to do whatever they want. Yeah. And they locked down the poor places for like 100 days straight or whatever yeah. it was. Her advice in the emails was that won't work. We need to do the whole thing. Yeah. They went against that. Yeah. So that's one example of the health yeah. advice. The same thing happened in WA. There was um, Mark McGowan's chief health officer. There was a series of emails. This all came up when McGowan and Clive Palmer were going at each other for defamation. Yeah. But this all came out then, and the emails literally said from the chief, chief health officer, the the measures you were putting in place will not have the intention... Uh, the desired effect. Yeah, they will not have the desired effect. So they won't actually work. Yeah. And they still pushed on, and they always quote the health advice. They, they pass the ball of responsibility to unseen, unelected bureaucrats that aren't even saying those things, and we don't get to see any of the advice. Yeah, how's that? How are we accepting that? Because we're we're too distracted by the shit. You know, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard did a pretty good job of distracting everyone. Do you know the amount of stuff on my social media feed during that trial? Just all about that. Yeah. Like my my friends just go, oh, this is the best thing to watch. It was gross. I, yeah, it was I gross. hated anything that I saw. It's just two people with fucking serious mental illness and substance abuse issues. If these people weren't famous and you broadcasted that. Every, every like... I reckon it happens every day in Southport Local Court. Like, it'll be yeah. there. Yeah, you could see these cases over and over and over and yeah. over Yeah, and you know what? If you put a camera in that courtroom and you exposed all their, their dirty laundry, there'd be all the people's advocate groups railing at you going, this is an abuse and this is disgusting and, like, these people are mentally ill and you can't do that. And But no, when it's two famous people, we all saw it as, as hugely entertaining when it was just fucking sad. Yeah, it was really sad. It was one of the saddest things uh, I've ever seen. But... That's the problem, man. We just get distracted by thing after thing after thing. And I mean, not to further inflame tensions, but the Roe v. Wade decision yeah. just happened again. Same, same, and again, I'm doing, doing zero comment on this situation. Yeah. Zero. Because what, what we've learned, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too emotional. Yeah. But what does matter is that that decision completely flooded my Australian-based social media feed and the news stations. So whilst that stuff is going on, Jane Holton gets put in charge of a committee to investigate her own work and essentially come back with a report that's going to say something along the lines of, this is where we failed. We didn't secure vaccines fast enough. 
if we had secured these vaccines, which were based off the initial strain, and we got everyone vaccinated sooner, then we could have stamped out COVID in Australia before the variants came in. It'll be something along the lines of that. Or, and then the next thing rolls around. Or the results won't be, they'll be confidential. Well, the results of the report could be confidential. If, if you were writing your own report card, you'd give yourself an A+, plus yeah, yeah, and yeah. you would scream it from the mountaintops. I have got a question about the, and I have, I totally agree with you, I, that slipped by me. Mm. the deeper like family ties yeah but going to the roe v wade thing mm. how would you feel as a democratic voter mm -hmm. that is pro-choice mm -hmm. how would you like how do you think they're going to vote in 2024 knowing that the democrats are so toothless they did nothing about it but they don't that's not what the focus is the, no, and this is not a twenty twenty four. You're going to be sitting there going, "Okay, no, I'm." Um, they said that they were going to protect that. It's twenty twenty two, and from under them, because this is a Republican plant, right? The, it was the mm -hmm. two um, uh, court justice, Supreme Court justices. Supreme Court yep. justices that were put in by Trump. Yep. This what this is a Trump plan. He had said that he was going to do it. He did it, mm -hmm. and he did it right under their noses. Yeah. I, I mean, I just want to put myself in the mind of a of a blue voter, mm -hmm. a pro-choice blue voter. Yeah. What do you do? There's been zero objective reporting of this, so therefore they vote Democrat. Because this is the problem. This isn't been, this isn't about 2024. This is about the midterms this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Because there was this end before all this Roe v. Wade controversy even came up a few months ago, when there was the convenient leak of the potential yep. decision coming there was it, all the pundits were saying there was going to be a massive red swing in the midterm election so the midterms in america is all about electing basically heads of the states and therefore making up your congress and yeah i mean like the president's important but really it's it's just There's like, three pillars of their democracy right yeah. yeah and ironically when joe biden took the white house they owned all three yeah and what is is completely uh again the, the, how they're manipulating their own voters again is they are trying to because in america the game's a little bit different when it comes to voting and this is something that i've only really just become aware of where because it's not mandatory to vote in america it is all about instead of trying to win voters from the other side it is about firing your base up sure. with their issues to just convince them to go out and vote for you yeah and what is so misleading is that the democrats are spinning this like it's these evil republicans trying to take away women's rights and what is not being reported at all is that the Democrats held all three seats of power in America. And if they wanted to codify Roe v. Wade into law forever, they could have done yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. And they knew this stuff was coming. And that's what I'm saying. That's why surely a blue voter knows that. I don't. I don't think. Forget the extremes. Forget the one percent extremes. I'm not talking about them. Yeah. Okay. I'm talking about the the, the people that said no, no. Like I believe in, in pro choice, yeah. and that's why I voted that way. Mm -hmm. And now, whilst they are in power, yep. this was a. And I know they don't have the power to, to stop it, halt mm -hmm. it, or do whatever. But like you said, they did have the opportunity in the past, yeah. a few times in the past, mm -hmm. to codify it, and they they didn't. Surely you're sitting there going, wait a minute, like this is they don't want it. Because it looks to me like the Democrats, they want to overturn that. But I don't think that... I'm not talking about the extremes. I'm talking about the people who win elections in Australia. The, un, the disinterested majority. The, the majority of Australians don't care about politics. And I think America is similar. You'll have left-leaning and right-leaning people in America who aren't paying attention to every single hot-button issue. They might be going to their favoured news sources for their politically slanted mm. version of the news. And in which case, if you're a traditional Democratic voter, you'll probably be switching on CNN. And CNN will not mention at all the fact that the Democrats have the, had the power to actually codify this into law. All they'll be talking about is these evil Republicans trying to take away women's rights. I, I agree with you. But any rational person will say, how did they get that done under Democratic leadership? Mm -hmm. 
And how's rationality going for you the last two no, no, years? Uh, that, uh, I, a large part, uh, I, I would agree with you, mm -hmm. but the I'm talking about the centre-left. The mm -hmm. centre-left, surely they are... I, I just think it's going to... If I had to guess, because of this, I have a feeling we might have the lowest voter count, or yeah. America might have the lowest voter count ever, and as a silent protest, hey, That's like, right. I don't believe in any of these guys. I, I agree with you. Yeah, that, that was going to be my thought. It would be, you wouldn't see Democrat voters going and voting for Republicans, yeah. you would see them not showing up to the polls at yeah. all. And so then if their, their state flips, and if all their friends go, did you vote Republican? No, no, I didn't vote for Republicans. No yeah. way. I wouldn't yeah. vote for Republicans. Are you crazy? Yeah. They just didn't vote. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you'll see that. Which which still gives a big swing to the Republicans. It does, because their voter base is going to be motivated to yeah. go and and vote their, their people in. So yeah, look, it'll be it'll be interesting. And but then, that's what this is all Did you see that girl that was really offended that right after the decision came out, Biden sent out a like a group text to everyone uh, asking for fifteen dollars to help um, the oh, yeah, the political that. juggernaut to try and to try and help. Yeah, just a grift. It's a grift, too. Yeah. And it all is. Like, we're not saying it's the Democrats. It's the Republicans, too. Trump was one of the biggest grifters there yeah. is. Like, that's why most of these people are in are in these jobs. Mm. But it is a grift. Mm. Uh, you even heard um, there was that infamous statement from who's the Republican senator with the eye patch. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 um, not very good with names. Is it Dan someone? Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw. And he was trying to defend, like, this was when there was all that, there was a lot of hoopla out about members of Congress and whether or not they should be allowed to invest in stocks. Yeah. Because Nancy Pelosi, greatest stock trader of all time. <laughs> Booyah, Nancy. Uh, we should put a link to that in the, in the show notes. Bullshit money with Nancy Pelosi. Oh, batshit money. Batshit yeah. money. Uh, I'll rub my jewellery in your face. You'll love, love it. it. Carl Dunningham, shout out to yeah. Carl Dunningham. Uh, but there was all that hoopla months ago, which again, nothing's happened with, about whether or not Congress people should be allowed to invest in the companies that they directly affect their stock values. And Crenshaw literally comes out and goes, well, if we're not able to like better ourselves, then why would we even do this job? Yeah, 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 it's public was... service, bro. But that's the attitude of these people. And yeah. it's not just Americans. It's the same attitude in Australia. And we are seeing that with the decisions made with our politicians Clearly, there are there are other motivations other than just doing service for the public good in the decisions that they make. Humankind, the individual, will be corrupted if they are in a position to be corrupt. Yes. So, I was going to bring this up in our our um, election, well, I think it was post election show. Mm -hmm. I think there's a real opportunity now. With the polarization, with, and I'm talking about Australia now. Mm -hmm. Why don't we really rethink how we do things here? Mm. And why wouldn't we move to a referendum-based democracy? Yeah, I I would love that. I can. I yeah. think that that would be the way to go. I don't see it happening because the powers that be will do everything they can to make sure it doesn't. But if you had, I mean, all all you need is a you need a charismatic... See, I don't think we've got... Besides Clive Palmer... Clive Palmer, I would say, was probably, in recent Australian political history, was the only really charismatic mm. character. K. Rudd was charismatic. K. Rudd was. Yeah, 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 agreed. K. Rudd was. Yeah, he had a great campaign. When he wasn't swearing his head off at people. <laughs> <laughs> in Mandarin. Yeah. Um, but if you, had, if you had another one of those, a younger person, I think, mm. that can... That is more aligned with the with youth culture mm. uh who's not maybe someone who's already minted that doesn't need any money from like a trump a young type. trump you want you want like a logan paul you want like a like logan someone paul. who's made their own money is rich knows how to charm people and would literally just be doing it they're like i got i got enough money yep. to, to for my for generations to come yeah i don't need that i literally i really care about this country and i want to see it move in the right direction as long as you're on a 
referendum base. Yeah. Or, or if you had a good policy, like, you know, Andrew Yang, I suppose, was an example of that in America, yeah. where he made his own money and he had a really, really out there thing. And I'm not I'm not sleeping on him either. I think he could come back mm. later on down the track. He's, yeah. he's, he's putting some work in. Sure. But I think in Australia, if you just went and said, hey, I don't have the answers, mm. but you guys do, yeah. right? We can have referenda here mm. we have done it before yeah let's just have well, more we do it with gay marriage like why can't we do it with more things yeah if we can do it with that why can't we do it with other things yeah so that that is something that i think i i'm hopeful for the future surely there's people thinking that yeah. surely there's people thinking that that maybe we could do better and the system would be better because another thing i've noticed too and i'd love your your comments on this i've never and look i know murdoch is liberal mm-hmm. but has everyone noticed how much airtime the libs get now even though they're not in power we heard nothing in the last four years we've heard nothing from albo mm-hmm. or the or the labor party mm-hmm. uh and i remember federal anyway federally heard federal. nothing but from labor state leaders that's true but I remember in the past, like nothing would get through without this massive argument. You'd hear both sides, but mm. in the last four years, and look, COVID may have been it. I'm trying to think, but e- even before that, there was no opposition, mm-hmm. and maybe there was opposition, it just wasn't yeah. shown to us. Yeah, but surely the system sucks. We realise the system sucks. Why don't we make a better one? Well, here, so this is something that I've become really reflective on since becoming a dad, because you're right, the system does suck. And we've spoken about with many different hot button issues. One of the things that gets completely lost in in the mess is all of the issues start way earlier on than when we try to fix them. For sure. Okay. And I think about this with kids. And when you talk, like this is honestly something that, and my wife will hate me for saying this. This is something I grapple with a lot with my children because when you look at the traditional upbringing of a child in Australia, for example, their their entire existence early on is is manipulated to get a better result out of them. And let me give you an example: Santa Claus. Like when from the ch- from the time the child is old enough to understand that they like things, we introduce a mythological figure that we say can see you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when mm. you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness' sake. We literally put this person in the sky, this made up person, which is designed to manipulate kids into giving us the behaviour that we want them to do. Mm-hmm. And there's some positives around that because obviously if you're trying to encourage good behaviors, that is a good thing, but it is a manipulation nonetheless. It's exactly the same as, as a God to a religious person. Like it's literally a, an all seeing person who it's designed to manipulate you into giving you a certain outcome. outcome. Sure. But then the other problem with the whole Santa and Christmas thing is it, it is literally becomes an exchange. I exchange, uh, good behavior for things. Toys, yeah. Right? So yeah. then we indoctrinate kids into this mentality of, if I do what I'm told, I'll get stuff. Yeah, interesting. And then that consumerism carries on with them throughout life. And then that's why, I mean, one of the things that really staggered me out of the pandemic was when they would literally go in and they would do all these studies or, or like polls on how much savings people had in the bank and what people were spending their money on and all that sort of stuff. And it was... Because I'm, I'm not someone who's ever, like, like, since I got a real job anyway, I've never been broke. But I know, I know what it's like to be broke, because I have been broke before that. Mm. But it staggers me how widespread the issue is of people living paycheck to paycheck. But then those same people, and this is a generalization, not everyone, this isn't the case for everyone, but everyone knows someone who's always got no money, but always has new things. And it's like, I wonder how much of that, like drive towards consumerism or goes all the way back to when we tell kids hey if you be good santa's going to bring you some nice stuff it probably it it definitely does but i actually have a solution for this Mm. and it's it is a it is a business idea of mine that i'm i've got this project you know i'm working on once that's up and running that's that's the next one yeah because and it's it derives to education for children specifically around finance Mm. Because I think, yeah, they, I, I've never thought of it like the way you've just illustrated, but you're exactly right. Mm. There is an exchange of 
be good, get stuff. Yep. It's that consumerism is built into us, yep. which we should have. We we are consumers because mm -hmm. we're in a capitalist world. Yeah. <clears throat> Capitalism, to a large degree, has a lot of good things. We mm -hmm. we do live in the safest, most prosperous times of history. Yeah. Um. So, but there are the the the, the downsides of it. Yeah. There are pitfalls. Yeah. So it's about trying to fill in those pitfalls, I suppose. Yeah. And like I see it with you know watching watching TV shows with Nate, for example. Like a lot of these shows are designed in a way which I mean, there might be like Bluey, for example, is like a seven minute long show, and the you could say that's a good thing because oh they're only going to watch one episode and it's seven minutes that's usually not the case usually mm. they'll watch one two three episodes so it's short sharp keeps their attention but between every every show there's an ad break and then they show all the toys that you can go and buy yeah, and yeah that yeah. drives the pester power type thing and then what inevitably happens is mum and dad go oh well christmas is a few months away if you're good santa might give you that and like it's just I just, I, I wonder how much of that mentality is just created in those formative years. Like we know that's the most important time. Like the single digit ages up until sort of six, seven years old, a lot of stuff that's ingrained in you at that point in your life carries on with you forever. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. And I do wonder, like it's a trade-off because at the same time you also go, look, if I've got, let's talk religion. Uh, I've never been a religious person and one of the things that like all grown up i've i've always had a chip on my shoulder about being told what to do mm. always have never liked it and i wonder if some of my negative behaviors that i've exhibited in the past come from that attitude and maybe i would have benefited from more of a christian upbringing with because really or religious any of the or religious, any religious yeah. but like because i i'm only saying christian because i know christian values more closely than other yeah. religions but if you look at the Ten Commandments, if you did those things and you lived that way, you'd probably have a fairly good life and you'd be a good person with yeah. people around you. So it is that trade-off of like, pick your poison. That's why I think, uh, we've had this argument before, that's why I think you have to have religion. Mm. And for the same reasons that you spoke about the programming of consumerism, mm. a religion gives you a programming and of of how to become a good person yeah and, and, also, and that's all all religions yeah. all the religions fundamentally are trying to make like say do this yeah. be nice help out look after you mm -hmm. know all, all, all this really good messaging yeah whereas if you just went completely pragmatic and said no no science is the key and forget mm -hmm. forget religion well science doesn't tell you to be nice yet no and neighbor. the problem is that like at the moment science tells you to rat your neighbor out because they're a yeah. diseased scumbag and i guess yeah with with the absence of a godhead to worship what do we worship these days we worship the science we worship money we worship celebrities yeah and how's that going for us yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no totally so look it, it is it is really tricky because like i honestly i grapple with it all the time i don't time. know how we got to here i don't even i don't know how we got to here either was that through Oh, the way... Oh, no, indoctrination and, and voting... And, yeah, yeah, and, sorry. And coming, like, trying to build a better society. But yeah. the referenda thing... Like, Switzerland's massive on referenda. They've had, like, mm. 60 referendum in, in, um, uh, in, like, the last 10 years or something. It's right. huge. Now, their societies are different to ours. Mm -hmm. But we, 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 need to, we also need to remember that we are extremely young. We're yeah. a very young a country. Mm -hmm. Actually, the political party that I'd like to see is republic mm. become a republic and then write all the all the new stuff celebrate the day that we become a republic mm -hmm. so um get rid of australia day uh, um talk about the day that we mm -hmm. like federated yep. um move to a referenda based political system mm -hmm. would be a great opportunity for us to like it, it almost ties into what you were saying before about your sort of anti-globalization mm um financial movement you know that that is like a symbolic step for us to say okay we're independent yeah and we need to do what's it's best a, yeah for it's a step it's a step further yeah. away from that like and that that appears to be what is happening and whether it is whether the whole COVID pandemic was designed and implemented in a way that would shift us towards globalization or whether it happened and then globalization has found a way to take advantage of that around it it did, it did move us to being a more globalized state. And we're now seeing the pitfalls for, of that. Mm. 
And regardless of my life is a scam rant from last week about all the real reasons why all these things are happening, it shows you the pitfalls of a globalist society sure. when things go wrong. Because it's great when everything's cooking. But, you know, whether it's natural disasters, we're in the age of pandemics apparently, political turmoil, wars, whatever the case may be. It, I mean, we, we used to talk about this in sales all the time where you would try to sort of stick to a bit of a plan and you're trying to eliminate variables on your way through the sales process because the more variables, the more things that mm. can go wrong. Well, when a globalist society with every single country inextricably linked together, sure. there's a lot of thing, cogs in that wheel that can break and go wrong and tear the whole thing down. Yeah. And what you're proposing, I think, is, is fantastic. And it's something that people forget about the United States of America too. Yeah. Like, there's been all this talk about, oh, it's been an attack on our democracy, an attack on... They're not a democracy. They are a republic. Yeah. They're, they're individual states. And that's what the Roe v. Wade decision was really about, was kicking the decision on that, that right back to the states. Yeah. Because they are separate states which are united into one larger country. And I would like to see the same thing in Australia. I mean, fuck, it's not like they haven't acted like they're individual countries during yeah. the pandemic. Every state's had different rules, different regulations, different times of lockdowns. You see it in all these other professions like teaching. We talk about all the time. If you're accredited as a teacher in Queensland, you need to get re-accredited in New South Wales before you can start working there. Yeah. Even though you're teaching a national curriculum, like you've still, yeah. they're separate. So why can't we have a further separation of some of these things, but keep But the, the separation is from the crown, which should have nothing to do, like, who cares? Let's like Britain. Like, yeah. couldn't Brexit have Brexited here too? Do we want to be like we, yeah. get to, we miss out on the Commonwealth Games? Like, that's the only thing you're going to feel. You're going to take the Queen off your coin. Yeah, that's literally it. And like, that's the perfect point. I I remember saying that when Brexit happened. If like, if Britain can leave, <laughs> why can't we? Yeah. You know, well, what is the point? I mean, really, our big brother at the moment is America. Like, we are more Americanized. No, than... our big brother is China. So, mm. on paper, our big brother is America. But we don't trade that much with them. Yeah, Therefore, we, don't, we do trade a lot we, more We, we uh, treat them as our big brother in terms of culture. Mm. Like, we look to them for culture. Yeah. But our real big brother is China. Mm. We do more, we have, we have more link, we're closer linked to China than we are to America. Yeah, that's true. And no one sees it. Mm. But if you think all our trade, all our wealth, all, yeah. it all comes from China. All our farms are run by Chinese investors. Yeah. 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 So we, and by that rationale, we can stand on our own two feet. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I think, I think there's a, now, again, Glass half full guy. Times only get better. Mm -hmm. Okay. The more, well, we, we don't know what, you know, when the aliens came or whatever and what, what they did to human civilization, but yeah. we know that on mass, year on year, the world is a better place mm -hmm. despite what you hear on the radio. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Radio, the wireless. Besides <laughs> what you see on TV, yeah. the world is getting better. We're getting smarter. Yeah. We're getting more fruitful. We're getting better now we can always do better but i i hope for a time where we can have some real change here in australia yeah be proud to be australian again yeah and have a have a uh a collection of people all sort of aiming for a common goal to make mm. us to make us better off I, I, and I, I think a australia is republic yep. um new flag new mm. money yeah um new laws, new days to celebrate, yep. and an actual unity of the people, like a unification of the people that are here. I yeah, think that, I, I, think really I completely agree with you. And I think that as a parent and as, you know, shouting out to any of the other parents out there, it's our responsibility to help usher these things in. For because sure. this is a long game. Yeah, yeah, the biggest yeah. problem that we've got in Australia, young country with three-year federal political cycles. So... Everything's all about short-term politics. We've always spoken about this. It's short-term decision-making. All it's designed to do is get you, them yeah. re-elected next time around. So if you actually care about this country and the country that we are going to leave behind to our children, well, it really comes down to the education we give our kids from an early age. And this is something that I'm so hyper-mindful of and I'm going to make mistakes. And I know that, but I'm still going to try things. Mm. And there are things that I want to 
pass on to my children and hopefully set them up to have the right mentality when they're of an age where they can make a difference. I mean, like, I, I've, I've been thinking about all this stuff because, like, Nate went to his... He got invited to a birthday party from one of his daycare friends mm. for last weekend, weekend before, and had a great time. And that was cool for us because the first time, like, this is the first time that we've made friends with people through our children. Sure. Right? But... They go to this party and it's at this like indoor play center and they've got all the goodies. Like they've got cupcakes, like sugar, sugar central. And I, I even look at that and like Nate doesn't eat a lot of sugar. He's high energy enough. Yeah. If you put sugar into him, it's like pouring ethanol on yeah. something and then flicking a match at it and he just goes hard. And I see, you know, when we were kids, like that was when the whole talk about ADD first came yeah. in. And you go, the kids don't have ADD. We just have a, like, we used to live by the food pyramid, which said you'd have to eat fucking 26 serves of carbs every day. <laughs> um, we're just jacked up on shit food, right? And I look at kids now, I look at Nate and I go, remember that that video I sent you guys like a year ago of Nate watching The Simpsons licking an Oreo? Oh, and just yeah. how retarded he got? Yeah. Like, he was literally just licking the side of it. And he, he probably has... He was possessed. Yeah, he was a, he's a demon child. Yeah. So he doesn't eat much sugar. And I just go, well, what do we do with kids? How do we indoctrinate kids? Well, we've got all these special events during the year. We've got their birthday. We've got Easter. We've got Christmas. And what do we do on these special days? We eat shit food. So then that shit food becomes a reward system. Oh, if you go to the doctors and you're a big good boy, we'll give you a lolly. Like, we, we reward our kids with things that we know down the track are going to be bad for them. Like, do we have That's, to get out of that mentality? So I watched a YouTube video uh, from a page called Yes Theory. Huge okay. channel, huge channel. And yeah. they go and travel around the world and they, they learn things. And they yeah. went to the, like the blue belt. Have you heard of the blue belt? Yeah. Where the people live the longest? The blue zones. Blue zones. So they went to, I think it was Sardinia. And they're trying to identify what it is that makes these people, like they have more centenarians than just about anywhere in the world. Yeah. And one of the big things is a collection of people around locally sourced foods. Mm. Now, they drink piss every day. Yeah. But they have the the keys for the houses are in the doors. Right. So that anyone can get in at any time. Yep. But they'll catch up as a community, mm. like daily, weekly. Yeah. And all their food is from their land, from, from around them. Yep. They all cook together. Mm-hmm. And that is, and that's very common across all the blue zones. Yeah, is that sense of community, sense of community connection. Yeah, good food. Yeah, yeah. So the, good food shared with friends. Yeah, yeah. And look, I I feel like in a, especially in Western society, that is something we're moving further and further away from. And the pandemic moved us even further away because everyone got used to staying at home all the time, speaking to each other through screens. Yeah. Yeah, the metaverse ain't the answer. Yeah, and I mean, again, having kids shows you how isolating it can be. Like, I think about our parents. Our parents are immigrants. They came here. Dad could barely speak English. You know, they they, had no money. They had no money, no family backup. Like, I'm so fortunate that our parents are close by to us because they take care of Nate all the time. Amanda's parents are close by. They take care of Nate all the time. The amount of help that we've received from them is a million times more than what our parents have. And I know how hard it is to have kids. I mean, like they used to, the old saying used to be, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. And we talk about it all the time, like how good it would be because, you know, one of the, one of the dramas, like when you get sick, for example, you can't sleep because yeah. you, you, your kids are sick too. Imagine if you lived in a community where you were sick, your kids were sick and someone came along and said, Hey, I'll take care of the children tonight. You go and have a good yeah. night's rest. How much faster would you recover? Yeah. Or dinner comes around or. That's know. right. And that is one of the nice things like when we had kids is we do have a group of friends who understand it. They have brought meals over and like that sort of stuff's really nice. My neighbor in my unit complex doesn't even say hi. Like won't even make eye contact. Yeah. Well, that's the difference. That's right. I mean, we, since we moved into our house, like four years ago, the neighbor across the road, who's an old lady, she wouldn't refuse to speak to us. And then uh, just the other day, her son came over and knocked on the front door thinking that I was the person next door to tell us that she's unfortunately unable to take care of herself anymore and has to be put in a home. And it's like, well, maybe if she was more connected with her community, she wouldn't have to be. She yeah. would have people going over there all the time to help out or, you know, it's 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 sad. And it's... It it's is, not conducive to a, a good long life. That's right. I mean, I look at what you've done. 
you've literally, you've gotten out of the, the system, the dealership world, you've gone into business for yourself, and now you've gone into business with your mates yeah. that you want to spend your time with. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're not having more fun every day now than yeah, you were. More. Yeah. And we all know about the negative effects of stress on people's yeah. lives. If you're less stressed, because even if you're having a shit time or something bad happens in the business, if you're surrounded with your mates talking shit, it feels way better yeah. than if you're having the same experience in some corporate dinosaur yeah, with some yeah. idiot upstairs sending you an email at 12 o'clock in, at night yeah going oh you fucked this thing up like and the stress the stress doesn't show on any report yeah so there's no value associated with the level of stress that that's, yeah. that's put into it yeah. yeah so look i think this is a really good conversation we've been having for the first episode of the vk bros because yeah. the lesson out of this for all of us what can we do to be, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, it's yeah. that saying, right? Yeah. What can we do to create the world that we really want to live in? Let's forget all this surface level bullshit, this polarization we see on social media and the news every single day. Forget that stuff. That's fake. It's not real. Yeah. Go give someone a hug. Go give someone a hug. Reach out to someone. Eat good food. Teach your kids good values, not just break all these generational cycles that we've been become yeah. indoctrinated into break those cycles you know you don't have to reward your kid with lollies every single time which is then going to have negative health consequences down the track yeah you like yeah you guys know what to do yeah just do it just do it thanks very much for joining us guys and we'll see you on next week's episode of the vk bros powered by auto bros bye cheers